This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I made those issues back and forth and came to the conclusion that on the whole, you know, the, the more harm than good would come from Amendment 3. It could open the door to increased teen usage when you make it more readily available and more socially acceptable. That is James Morris. Jamie Morris, I should say. He is with the Missouri Catholic Conference chatting with KOMU Channel 8. 27 days until you and I go to the polls and we vote on Amendment 3. Most people know it as the recreational weed uh, amendment and their stance is we don't like this for, I guess, basically moral reasons and um, that's fine. Uh, this is one of those things I don't want to say I've backtracked or I've changed my mind because that's not politically advantageous for me to, to change your mind about. What's the phrase we use, uh, Housworth? Uh, you've evolved. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We've evolved maybe on that issue because there's potentially enough other junk in this thing in Amendment 3 as it relates to the legal. And here's the thing. I have no philosophical or moral qualms with weed. I really don't. And I will vehemently disagree when people say, well, it's addictive. It is not physically addictive. It is not physically addictive. People say, well, it increases visits to emergency rooms for psychosis. That's because people get so twisted up. In, so. Yeah, they get twisted up in their head. And already I hear the Lincoln University police chief, uh, Gary Hill, is maybe taking... You're Gary nodding his head, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Brandon Rather, John Marsh, Brian Housworth, producer Hannah. Stephanie Bell is back on uh, Monday. And I want to welcome him. What a pleasure it is, is to have Lincoln University police chief Gary Hill. Were you taking exception to something I said or were you agreeing? I was agreeing. On what, uh, what aspect of it? On the psychosis. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just uh, met with one of our partners at Compass Health uh, to talk about that mm -hmm. and discuss some of the issues that come along uh, with marijuana smoking, um, mm -hmm. especially when it's not done and, and when it's done all the time. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and here's what I think. It's, it's not like you get high and all of a sudden you're going to zap in psychosis. People get twisted up in their head. It's a psychological thing. But let me ask you, Wildman, thanks for popping in. Uh, Gary Hill, police chief, Lincoln University Police Department. Is uh, weed, marijuana, cannabis, is this an issue on campus? Is it, so, is it something that we see causing problems at Lincoln University? Uh, we don't see it. It's, it's not causing uh, any problems that anyone else is having just out in the general yeah. public. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we know is, um, you know, we have to look at the people who don't smoke. We have to look at, you know, the environment that they're walking around in and living in, especially within our residence halls and things like that, because it's a, a non-smoking. Mm -hmm. uh, all of our residence halls are non-smoking. So when people are sneaking around or, you know, even doing it outside and people can smell it, you know, it's uh, it kind of brings down the aviance of Lincoln University. You know, we have a beautiful campus. And so when uh, we have visitors and things coming over hmm. um, and then they smell, as we call the devil's lettuce, <laughs> um, you know, it just it just kind of brings down the aviance. Uh, interesting, um, interesting point. Uh, and I wanted to ask you this, too, uh, since you popped in. Um, is, it, is it relates to stuff on on campus. One of the things we talk about, and we're pretty open here on the show. We're pretty honest about where we stand and what we think. And we're pretty honest about our own foibles, about our own character defects and when we're being hypocritical. And one of the things we talk about uh, a lot is we stereotype. There's people that work for the federal government that make a lot, make six-figure salaries, stereotyping people at airports to protect the security of, of our nation as they look for terrorists and basically they stereotype and we say we stereotype because it works uh, but a recent community discussion and I think this is phenomenal we're also 
honest when we say, but stereotyping doesn't always work. And I think you're in a unique situation where there is a tendency to stereotype what happens at Lincoln University. But a lot of times those stereotypes are wrong. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. And this, the stereotyping, is that's probably the... Uh, it's probably a good terminology for it. Uh, Lincoln University is kind of, we're in a certain situation because of the years past, uh, the things that have happened at Lincoln University within Jefferson City. Uh, we'll use homecoming, for example. Uh, our homecomings used to be so robust, uh, and we used to have just so many people here come for Lincoln University that did not live in Jefferson City uh, who would, uh, again, uh, the selling of marijuana and things like that that would happen over that the course that weekend. Uh, and many of those people did not go to Lincoln University. But unfortunately, since we're known as a historically black college, you know, if someone sees them and they're here for homecoming and they're black, you know, a lot of people naturally assume that they go to Lincoln University because mm. uh, the population of Jefferson City is uh, roughly around 85 percent, you know, white. And so when you see a black person in Jefferson City, you naturally assume and stereotype say that person goes to Lincoln University. Uh, including some of the people who uh, break the law, uh, yeah. smoke marijuana, or sell it. Uh, it's interesting. It was one of my first memories when I so I grew up for the most part in mid Missouri. Left was gone for uh, a long time. Street lights came on. Mom and dad said it was time to come home, so I came back home. But one of my first memories, specifically of being here in mid Missouri, there was a young lady by the name of Misty Young who spent a lot of years. <laughs> you know Misty, okay? Yes. Yeah, very good friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she um, she took me to the homecoming game. I think it was 2015, and we did the parade and the homecoming. Just a, one of my first, the, the first memory of being in mid-Missouri that uh, sticks out in my head. Our guest right now, uh, Lincoln University Police Chief Gary Hill, joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Gary, right. talk to us uh about homecoming this time around because uh, you and I were talking off air not to leave anybody out of the mix but a number of years ago when rap artist uh, Megan the Stallion came to town and you had you had some challenges there at the venue had to arrest a few people things have changed at Lincoln haven't they oh yes we we've had to uh, make the adjustment in how we do things um, that was probably um, one of the I've been through a lot uh, in my law enforcement career, uh, done the SWAT thing and everything else and a lot of dangerous stuff. But I can tell you that was probably the most dangerous uh, situation we had. Uh, mm -hmm. Our venue just was not built to hold uh, that many people that showed up for that particular act and another act that we had. Uh, uh, the second act we had uh, just brought in a level of uh, his following wasn't what we would consider to be uh, conducive to Jeff City life. <laughs> so uh, with that on top of uh, her popularity at that point in time, um, there was alcohol involved because, you know, a lot of people, as they call pregame before they uh, get to the venue, uh, it just caused so many issues and problems. And I'm really surprised uh, between us, Jefferson City and Cole County and Missouri State Highway Patrol. Really happy that no one really got seriously injured that day because of uh, trying to get into the venue. Uh, it was just too many people. 
Yeah, I remember that. Uh, uh, Chief, was that the one out near the soccer fields now on 63, or was that a different incident? Uh, this was on. This was actually on our campus was at Jason Gym. On the Jason yeah. Gym. Okay, I remember that. But there was another incident, um, and, and I, I want to I focus on the positive things. There was another incident out at the soccer fields, and there was some building out there, and people were fighting, and I, I, I remember you guys. But they weren't, none of the suspects attended Lincoln University. In fact, none of them were from Jefferson City. I think they were from Kansas City and Memphis and places like that, but it got a lot of attention. I, I certainly remember uh, covering that. I want to go back to what you talked about earlier in terms of the beautiful campus there at Lincoln because it is just the landscaping and, and Dr. Mosley's really focused on trying to work closely with the city and the community. As you know, that's very important to him. You specifically at your department, not only the beautiful campus, but you also guys are starting with the governor's help, a law enforcement, essentially academy. Where is that? Where's where's the uh, project at right now? What's the status? Yes. So uh, I'm the director of our law enforcement training academy, and it is a basic police academy. And uh, we're right at about six hundred and fifty six basic law enforcement hours. Uh, That is at Leslie Plaza, 911. We got lucky enough to get the 911 Mm -hmm. uh, address. So we're at 911 Leslie Boulevard. Uh, So we're just at the other end of our stadium. So that is that's underway. Uh, yes, it's underway. We are right now, we currently have class number five and class number six right now uh, happening. Thank you. All right, Police Chief Lincoln University, Gary Hill, hanging out with us this morning here on 93.9 The Eagle and News Radio 104.5 KWOS AM 950. Chief, talk to us about the planning phase for the crisis center and all that at Lincoln University that presumably will will take in your needs, and you got some ARPA money in that regard, we understand. Yes, actually, uh, Dr. Darius Watson, he is the, he is spearheading that project. Uh, he's uh, working on making sure that uh, we have everything we need to be successful. Uh, he's also spearheading uh, creating some of the curriculum uh, that's going to be involved in the security science uh, program, in which we're hoping uh, that after we get you know, the building, the curriculum, and everything else built that uh, Lincoln University uh, can transition into being a uh, public safety hub um, to which, uh, you know, we're going to, we're looking at uh, trying to partner with uh, fire dispatch. Um, of course, you know, we're already doing the law enforcement uh, and EMT, emergency medical technicians. So we're trying to have all that in one space. And um, the, uh, Security Science Building also, the newer building will house the new the nursing program so that it can expand because they're out of space at this time. Uh, and then just newer curriculum that we hope will be able to uh, attract, uh, one, our working adults here in Jefferson City, but two, uh, students um, from all over the state to uh, get into the security science business. Hey, before we let you go, I just wanted to ask you, what is my sister? She is a police chief uh, in a small town down I-70 right now. uh, And you can watch as you watch on our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube. Watch the show. Get behind the scenes stuff. Wearing my support, uh, support the the black and uh, blue bracelet. Been wearing it for for seven years. So I I have a deep appreciation for people in law enforcement and all frontline responders. What is it that you like most about what you do, chief? Knowing that when I go to work every day, it's, I, I have the opportunity to make a difference in yeah. somebody's life. Yeah. That's, that for me is, is huge. And I would yeah. be remiss if I did not say my staff. My, I have probably the, at, 
I've been along this 26 years now, yeah. and that's my staff is, yeah. is makes me smile every day because they are they are good to the university, they're good to our students and uh, in the surrounding area, and they do a good job. And isn't that kind of I think that drives a lot of and not just what what you do or any frontline responder or whatever it is that you do in life or a profession, but I think isn't that what drives a lot of the human psyche is we just we want to do something that number one that we enjoy but we want to do something that makes a difference i think that drives a lot of us right oh yeah it's, def- it's definitely my drive i always say you know when it's it's my time uh you know i want to look back on my life and see skid marks because you know i i really went out yeah. and i did it nice. you know, and did everything right. i could do hey man let's hang out again real soon and seriously if you ever need anything our studio line you need us last minute Five seven three eight seven four ninety three ninety. You need something last minute that we can do to be of service uh, to Mid Missouri, specifically Lincoln University, uh, and obviously you know where the studio is. Please, uh, please keep us in mind so that we can help affect, uh, help make a difference here. Okay. Thank you so much. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 826 time for the Morning Bell Business News with a little twist that only Stephanie Bell can give you. Steph is back on uh, Monday. My name is Brandon Rathert. You know, I think about our small local businesses, and you can look up stats and figures. The impact of small local businesses in the state of Missouri. It drives us what drives the economy. These great big factories and, uh, you know, they hire several hundred people. Those are cool, too, but really it's small local businesses is people like uh, frosty's automotive and people like that that really make the world go around so i get frustrated when i see things coming out of dc that could hurt small local businesses biden administration proposing a new rule that could reclassify you know reimagine evolve reclassify millions of gig workers as employees. Now, this is a move that could deal a significant blow to small businesses across the country. This coming from the Labor Department found this yesterday. They unveiled a new proposal that would make it more difficult for companies to classify their workers as independent contractors. Now, it's a change that could have major consequences for ride hailing, delivery, and other industries that depend heavily on gig workers. Now, companies required to provide certain benefits, legal protections to employees, but not contractors. Uh, and that's fine because if you're if you're a gig worker, don't you you assume that risk. That's you. You're saying, hey, listen, I'm going to work for Uber or whatever your gig thing is, right? You know that. You, you've made that decision. Getting You know I'm not going to require a business say, well, but you have to do this. You have to. You know that getting into it. And that's where I get frustrated is, you know, the people in government, they, they want to make decisions for you. This is how it's going to be. And I don't like that. And here's the other way. You know, I look at this 27 days out until the election and you have, um, I think it's still five o'clock tonight to register to vote. Till five is the deadline. That's the deal. That's the deal. Five o'clock tonight. Register to vote. Uh, if you've moved, whatever it is, and I don't want to bug Steve Korsmeyer or Brianna Lennon or any other local election clerk, but really, man, uh, if that's what we pay him for, <laughs> I bug know, him. right? That's why we <laughs> elected you to be the office holder, man. That's why you're doing it. But really, make sure, like, if you've moved, and I don't know, maybe you've gotten married. So this is something producer Hannah's going to be dealing with uh, when she gets married. You're going to have to go, and I. Do something with your voting stuff because your last name will change. It will change from Hannah the producer. (laughs) You're going to get because it says if you look at Hannah's driver's license, it says Hannah the 
comma producer. Yeah, totally. Uh, and you're gonna have to change that. So the point, and if you've moved, that's another thing. Just to make sure that you are good to go. So I think the point of the story is seriously, uh, don't get married, don't ever move again. Uh, register to vote and call it good. <laughs> I hope to move out of the rental we're in and purchase a home eventually. Um, but okay, yeah, don't move, don't get married, uh, and it'll be. Um, it'll be... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. We begin bombing in five minutes. <laughs> Everybody in the room, uh, from Marsh to Howsworth to producer Anna, uh, laughing. You might be, so why are we playing this hot mic moment? I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin <laughs> bombing in five minutes. From Ronald Reagan from back in the day, and here's why. Just because. It's a class, <laughs> right? Do we need a better reason? You know, it Just was... Just because. And here's the other thing. When that happened, listen, hot mic things, now that's, you know, over the past 10 years, technology advances. We get more and more of these hot mic moments. Back then, that was a pretty big deal compared to now. We catch somebody on hot mic saying, you know, you don't F with the Biden. It's kind of like, okay... But back then, that was pretty substantial. It was a big deal. And basically, it was in 1984. It was during the Cold War. Mm. Um, John, you and I remember it. And, and you know, it was it was not as more... I mean, the early 80s and late 70s were more tense. But 84, I mean, I remember the Morning in America commercial. 84 was still right in the middle of the Cold War. He said it was an off-the-record joke, if you will. But the Soviet Union denounced it. Walter Mondale, who was a former vice president, denounced it. He did, as I recall, he apologized, um, you know, but the Soviet Union did go on, or basically they went on the highest alert. But I think for young people, um, especially young people that wouldn't have any recollections of that, the biggest thing, Brandon, is that it was controversial, yes, but within a two days, the story was over. It really, yeah. if that were today, you would have the talk shows would be talking about, oh my God, The View would be talking about it for two weeks. Uh, but Fox News would be all over it. Every, you know, it would be a bigger deal. The media was different then. Um, I think they were more professional, quite frankly, in those days. But they only had one newscast, and it came on at 5.30. And if you really didn't, if you weren't tuned in, you yeah. didn't know what was going on. People didn't even know about this till when Dan Rather came on that night, or I believe it was John Chancellor on the other channel. Um, but it was a big deal, and um, it did upset people. Make no mistake about it, it upset them. But it was, it was one that, within a couple of days, the story just went away. Yeah, it was handled a lot differently in that era, wasn't it, Brian? Uh, exactly. Um, but also the biggest thing is things were not nearly as partisan in those days as they were today. Ronald Reagan and Walter Mondale were friends. Um, yes, they had some jabs at each other during the debate, but it was not. I mean, it's just it's 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 nasty today. Uh, and now I feel really bad. You having said that, saying, you know, two days later, it was dead. Hey, it was a hot mic moment. He was kidding around. And today I'm still playing something that Joe Biden was caught on hot mic saying, you don't have with the Biden. It's a week later and I'm still funning with it here in mid-Missouri. I feel really bad now. Uh, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Mr. Brian Houseworth. It's great to see you, my friend. John Marsh is here. Yes, indeed. My name is Brandon Rather. You can be here, too, if there's something we can do for you. 874-9390. 874-9390. Missouri's popping right now politically, and we're going to move forward from the political um, talk because I want to talk about 
uh, in Saline County, there's a live grenade found. And that's not even the best part of the story. There's more to the story, and I want to turn you on to. Um, so we've got Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House right now. Uh, he's in Missouri. He's hanging out with Mark Alford. They're in St. Louis mm-hmm. doing a fundraiser. Mark mm-hmm. Alford, Alford, the former Kansas City TV guy, Uh He's uh, running for the seat currently held by Congresswoman uh, Vicki Hartzler. Or as Mike's wife from the Boone County GOP Pachyderm Club calls him, a reformed TV reporter, <laughs> a recovering TV reporter. Uh, by the way, I want to th- thank everybody sh- showing up last night. Shimon Jones, Republican, running for Boone County Recorder of Deeds. Uh, and I... Uh, there have been a lot of fundraisers recently, so we're popping here in in uh, in, in mid Missouri, uh, and I wish you know, on a local level, whether it's Bonneville County, Callaway County, Cole County, and I know there's people like Rudy V. Uh, you know, he uh, shows up to events, supports other candidates, and we have, and there's a lot of that in, in Boone County that we've seen recently. Um, Chuck Basie, Sheree Tolson Reich are some local state reps, man. Like every local event for candidates, maybe that aren't even in office or fundraisers, Sheree and Chuck are there. They're there every time supporting those candidates, and they were there last night for Shimon Jones. And I think that's important, especially if you have a candidate that's never held office before shores them up. It gives them um, support. There are times I wish I would see more other candidates showing up. You know, if you've got candidates showing up for your fundraiser, I wish you would show up for um, for uh, for their uh, fundraisers. So uh, Kevin McCarthy is in Missouri right now. Ted Cruz is going to be, uh, he is going to be in town. Where's he, where's he going to be, do you know? So he's going to be touring Missouri. As a matter of fact, um, Ted Cruz is going to be joining us on the show probably tomorrow. Wow. We'll chat with him today. Roy Blunt, uh, is, uh, is also going to be here on the, uh, on the show. So we're excited Great. about that. And, uh, so Missouri's popping. Uh, so Eric Schmidt easily has the Senate race, but Missouri becoming a hotbed for a lot of these national uh, politicians. That and, bus tour with no. Senator Cruz is a big deal. It really is. And now uh, Rick, he's on Wake Up Mid-Missouri right now, too. Rick, welcome into the show, man. What can we do for you? Well, thanks for taking my call. But, um, you know, Ronald Reagan was just joking and pulling their leg because they had called him a war hawk mm-hmm. during the uh, campaigns. But Joe Biden just days ago said we were closer to a nuclear Armageddon than we had been mm-hmm. since the 1960s. But this morning, Joe Biden is saying, well, you know, I don't think that Russia will use nuclear weapons yeah. in the Ukraine. It's the same old. Uh, well, I just wanted to point out ignorant is in charge in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. at this time. Yep. Rick, thank you for the phone call. So this is how bad it is. So every time Joe Biden gets out and talks, and I want to move on from this, I'm tired of beating up on the guy, but every time he talks, uh, staffers and whoever, they come out and they've got to clean up his messes. It's getting so bad. Now he's being forced to clean up his own messes on things. We're this close to nuclear war. Oh, ignore what I He could go and get a colonoscopy and his brain scan would come back (laughs) abnormal. Oh, God. Uh, We want to talk about people putting spins or the allegations of control. Think back to Reagan. Brian can remember. 
that the uh, his press secretary allegedly called a bunch of the major network heads after the uh, yeah. the faux pas about dropping the bomb, saying, eh, could you maybe go light on that or just uh, sweep it under the table? Didn't well, happen. And, but one thing I can tell you, John, and, and you bring up a good point, the media, again, was different in those days, and they were... Richard Nixon said they were very liberal in those days. I don't agree with that. I think that I think they were very fair in their coverage. If you look at some of the debates, you can tell that. But certainly, if you look at the articles that were, and there's an article I'm looking at right now, and I recall this: CNN and CBS News both heard w- what the president said about we begin bombing. They did not report on that right away. They held off. Um, and, and, and again, things were different in the in those days, but. Um, it was it was just a and yes, people said he was a cowboy and they were going to start a world war, et cetera. But I do think it's important to note, too, that it was just a different era. It wasn't as it just wasn't as partisan. Uh, I, I, well, people like Ted Turner, who founded CNN, kind of moved in those circles with the Reagans and all those people. And he was a guy who said, well, our network had an agreement that any off-the-cuff stuff from the president wouldn't make the airway." Right. And, and Ted Turner, obviously a, a, a progressive, no question about that. But in those days, CNN was much more no, known for its breaking news, and they definitely stood by it in their coverage. They had Bernie Shaw covering stuff. It was different than the coverage um, today. So your point's well taken, John. Um, you know, I'm thinking of classic hot mic moments. Uh, Obama, and I can't remember what year this was. The young lady seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award. What's he doing? Why would he do that? He's a jackass. (laughs) And I can't remember who. I don't remember that. Or (laughs) what he was talking about. And then Carly Fiorina, she was was a congressman from California in 2016, I think. uh, Running. She she ran for president. I think she was a Hewlett Packard, as I recall. Yes. Was she, I didn't. I don't remember her being, but it doesn't matter. She was running for president. She was running for president, and she's on a TV set, and she was getting ready to debate, or so, I can't remember the exact circumstances. Lauda saw Barbara Boxer briefly on television this morning and said what everyone says, God, what is that hair? <laughs> so she's not, she doesn't think she's on air. And here, this is such a, if I'm stereotyping, a <laughs> uh, 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 woman, cat kind of thing, another woman. Did you see her hair? And I'm stereotyping, but there you have a woman. T- Did you see Barbara Boxer's hair? <laughs> you know course. what brought to mind, and, and be another one Brian might remember, Reagan's second faux pas that happened about that same time in the 80s. And it was right after they released the prisoners that were held in Lebanon. And he said something, paraphrasing here. Well, I, I saw Rambo last night, and I, I know what to do the next time this happens. Wow. What? And again, John, I don't remember that one. It's, it is interesting. Um, but again, a lot of what he said was off the cuff. There's no question about that. Um, but I Old st- radio guy. It, it were old radio guy. And the last point I'd make about how things were different, when he came here to Columbia in 87, and our older listeners remember, he went to Hickman High School in Fairview. He got off Air Force One, and Columbia was pretty progressive even then. The town, the town just turned out everybody. But the first guy, Reagan, Reagan waited. He did not want to be first off the plane. He stood aside, moved to the other side, let Congressman Harold Volkmer, a Democrat, a pretty progressive Democrat in those days, although now he'd be considered conservative, come off the plane first. It was just completely different. You would never today see a Democratic congressman riding on Air Force One with a Republican, a Democratic congressman riding with a Republican president. It just was, but it was done in those days. Um, 
All right, let's move forward. Oh, Randy says via text, Obama, when he said he's a jackass, he was referring to Kanye uh, Kanye West. Randy, we appreciate the text, 874. Or just a yay. Or yay as he goes by uh, nowadays. You, uh, you know, he's one of those people, by the way, and I don't put a whole lot of stock into what celebrities say when it comes to politics. I completely backed him when he wore a shirt that said, White Lives Matter, and I appreciated him even more. I appreciated him even more. Somebody said, why did you wear that shirt that says White Lives Matter? And he said, because they do. Man, he got a lot of points. And then we took all those points away for the ensuing stuff. He said, before we move forward, <laughs> uh, so what, what happened in Saline County? I always enjoy these stories. Live grenade found. But when it happens in mid-Missouri, it's a little different. What happened here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, somebody was cleaning out a farm shed near Blackburn, Missouri, which, like you said, is in Saline County. They came across a very rusty old pineapple grenade and had at least had enough sense to get a hold of uh, first responders, law enforcement and all. And out it came. They took it out, called in the bomb squad, the EOD detail from Whiteman Air Force Base, who set it off without incident. And I think the interesting part was <laughs> the sheriff in Saline County said this isn't the first time. Yeah. Sherry Mullen, uh, Sherry Mullins, uh, Saline County Sheriff's Office, talking to our news partners at ABC 17. It's actually not terribly unusual, particularly in, in like old homes or barns for people to find old military style devices in, in those. A- absolutely. We've seen it before several times. Yeah, so it's it's not that uncommon. Uh, coming up, we're going to open up the refrigerator, see what we have uh, in the way of leftovers here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. All right, we're opening up the refrigerator, seeing what we've got in the way of leftovers. And, Marsh, I hope you got some stuff to munch on in your fridge because I'm following uh, Hannah's uh, What's Hot with Hannah, which we do every morning at 725, following her story about adult uh, adult. Happy, Happy meals. Meals. Uh, I'm spent. I have just got. I've got nothing left. Uh, so I've got nothing for leftovers. Thinking about the grenade story yeah. in Saline County. Years ago, I was in the office of Cole County Sheriff at the time, John Haymeyer, and he said, "Hey, you want to see something?" And it's like it's never good when a cop says, "Hey, you want to yeah. see something?" He opened his weapons locker and pulled out a submachine gun. And he told me a story that he'd gotten called a while before by a little old lady whose husband had passed away somewhere in Cole County. She said, well, I've got this gun here, and I'm not comfortable with it being in the house. So the sheriff went over, and he proceeded to pull out of the weapons locker one of the World War II sort of Russian burp guns with a big drum magazine on it. And he said, oh, yeah, completely functional, <laughs> ammo and everything else. Just sitting there in the corner of the little old lady's house. And, you know, it's always what always makes me stop and do double takes on that is like, you know, and these things are happening right now. <laughs> there is somewhere probably a machine gun and some old oh, woman sure. who and they don't even know about it until uh, until we uh, until we know about it. I do. Actually, I do want to cover this in leftovers. I want to thank everybody for showing up last night for the annual uh, Tigers on the Prowl event. It was cool getting to see a bunch of uh, local folks. It's always a great event. Um, and seeing a lot of these small businesses showing up, not because they're businesses, but like Tim from Atterbury Auction Realty Company, Shane Winters, Winters Financial Coaching, um, and then all the people that um, do the work behind the scenes to make
make something like that uh, happen. I think it's pretty cool. So my dad's getting excited. The Gary Nolan Show is coming up. His favorite show here on the radio station. He gets and my dad's actually. Uh, he's going to be one of our co-hosts tomorrow. Tomorrow we have uh, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz on the show. Senator Roy Blunt is going to be here. My dad gets a special, and he's going to be here tomorrow co-hosting on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I always get a kick out of uh, when my dad co-hosts on the show, but he gets really excited for the Gary Nolan Show. Loves the Gary Nolan Show. The only thing he loves more about the Gary Nolan Show is when Jennifer Bukowski is hosting the Gary Nolan Show no. in the house. Well, Jennifer is hosting again today. Uh, and as we wrap up here, um, at least in my mind, we had a text earlier from Rebecca, 874-9390. And I want to get your opinion on this. She says, where can I go and read specifically recreational weed? Just layman's terms about Amendment 3, recreational marijuana. My response was, unfortunately, you can go and either read all 197 pages or 39 39, pages, 39 legal pages. size pages, single-spaced. Legal size pages, single-spaced, but I don't think there's anywhere where you can get just a non-part. Here's- yeah, an unbiased viewpoint yeah. of what exactly it is and what are the drawbacks are you from gonna, it. Are you going to cover this? Because that's one of the things as an attorney, I think, you and Stephanie Bell, who's back on Monday, do so well with taking this legal mumbo-jumbo and distilling it down and explaining it to me like I'm two years old. Can you do this for me today on your well, show? I'm d- I'm doing a twofer because I'm like having my two long time, the two guys I know who have been long time staunch marijuana legalization advocates in Missouri, even Thampy and Dan Veets used to be great friends. They are completely on opposite sides of this issue. Really? And I'm going to have both of them on the show later in the 11 o'clock hour, one after the other to explain why you should vote yes or no on Amendment 3 in November.